Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Words to that effect is a brainy show looking at how big ideas enter the popular imagination in our books and films. Zombies, overpopulation, steampunk and imaginary countries are just some of the topics covered by the Irish writer and researcher Connor Reid. Here's an episode that grabbed my attention recently. It's all about dinosaurs. I'm Connor Reid with words to that effect. I was trying to find the book that I was certain must already have been written about dinosaurs in fiction and what they're for. A Tyrannosaurus. Ah, and what colour are dinosaurs? Yellow and blue and red. It's a very big and complicated story. <laughs> it's not nice. If someone calls you a dinosaur, they're not being nice to you. They mean that you're set in your ways, right? That, that, that your views are, are unthinkably outdated. That's a Triceratops. To understand the dinosaur properly, you have to try and understand cinema and art history and history and paleontology and archaeology and literature. Dinosaur, are you listening to me? Dinosaur. You know, they're always complicated. Even the ones that are appearing in trashy children's comics. Hello, I'm a real dinosaur. Can you talk? These are the thoughts of my three-year-old son on the important topic of dinosaurs, and more coherently, those of Dr. Will Tattersdale, who's currently undertaking a major research project on dinosaurs in literature and science. Okay, so uh, I'm Will Tattersdale. I'm Senior Lecturer in Popular Literature at the University of Birmingham in the UK, and I am writing a book about dinosaurs in popular and scientific culture from 1850 to the present day. So why is my son so fascinated with dinosaurs? Why are children's songs and TV shows and films and books and toys and duvets and clothes all populated with dinosaurs? How, I want to know, did we get from a Victorian anatomist looking at some unusual fossils in 1842 to dinosaur pyjamas for toddlers? Well, the history of dinosaurs has always been about science and storytelling. You can't have a dinosaur without the science, but scientists can't tell their story, create and illustrate and imagine dinosaurs without art and literature. And each generation of scientists and artists, writers and filmmakers, makes dinosaurs perform different cultural work. After all, as Dr. Tattersall points out, without science and literature, there is no dinosaur. They are, to my mind, one of the best ways of thinking about the relationship between literature and science, because you can't have a dinosaur until you've got both a very, very professionalised scientific environment in which a fossil can be uh, created and and discovered and understood. Um, But you also need uh, a professionalised cultural imaginary, a mass readership and kind of that popular environment of fantasy and so forth so that people can kind of sustain those images. Um, So I think, you know, without literature and science, there's no dinosaur. But the story of dinosaurs is also one about time. Our conception of dinosaurs 
our conception of previous generations' conception of dinosaurs. And then, of course, there's the dinosaurs themselves in their own time. A time so unimaginably, inconceivably distant from our own that it's often impossible to do anything but see ourselves and our world in them. Dinosaurs are for children. But, of course, that's kind of absurd when you think about it. Dinosaurs are monsters. But, quite obviously, they're not. They really existed. Dinosaurs are, in many ways, and in many B-movies, essentially aliens. Except they're from our own planet. Dinosaurs are alive, vividly depicted in all our imaginations. Their distinct colours, the sounds they make, what they eat, how they move. Except, of course, that nobody, nobody has ever seen a dinosaur. So let's go back to the beginning. Before you can start thinking about dinosaurs, you have to live in a time which understands that creatures can become extinct, that the world is not a place where every creature that has existed has always existed and will always exist. And at the beginning of the 19th century, this is something that the French naturalist Baron Cuvier conclusively proved for the first time. Astonishing to us now that somebody had to come up with that. I I still find it mind-blowing to try and put myself back in a in a in a community of thought where you didn't have that idea extinction and once you've got extinction um these things that were coming out of the earth that had been known about for for centuries millennia in fact but had been thought of in various different ways by people um became understood as as fossils a lot of them most of them are not what we now call dinosaurs there's fossil mammals the mammoth in particular but in the collection of the ashmolean museum in oxford there's a a lower jaw that's quite interesting. It's got some big horrible teeth on it. Uh, nobody knows where it, quite where it comes from. It's it, it, uh, in terms of how it got into the museum collection, but it seems to be from Oxfordshire. Um, and a chap called William Buckland, who's a very famous geologist of the day, gives this thing the name Megalosaurus with Cuvier's blessing in 1824. At this stage, though, the the word dinosaur didn't actually exist yet. It would take another scientist to start joining the dots. If you've ever been to the amazing Natural History Museum in London, you've probably seen the grand white marble statue of Charles Darwin. It's at the centre of the stairs in this huge cathedral-like entrance hall. What you may not have realised is that this statue was only placed here in 2009. That was the anniversary of Darwin's On the Origin of Species. And it replaced a statue of another scientist, one who was actually a bitter rival of Darwin's. Richard Owen was one of the most renowned scientists of the 19th century, and he's perhaps best remembered today as the founder of the Natural History Museum, hence the statue. But uh, decades before that, uh, he was an anatomist and he was uh, working at the Royal College of Surgeons. um, And he takes Buckland's megalosaur and puts it together with two other uh, fossils that are known at that time, the iguanodon of Gideon Mantell and another animal called Hyliosaurus. Um, And he notices something that those animals have in common, and he says we need a new word to describe these things, and that's dinosaur. So, for the first time, in January 1842, dinosaurs came into existence. Except, of course, they'd been dead for 65 million years. And this is the beginning of our complicated relationship with dinosaurs and time. We're dealing simultaneously here with a human history and a and a deep time natural history, um, and we're, we're we're slipping between those two things so quickly that it's it's almost seamless. It's almost impossible to spot the moments where I stop talking about famous Victorian gentlemen and start talking about animals that romped round many millennia before humanity existed. 
We humans are really bad at thinking in vast timescales. We can handle centuries and maybe millennia, but geological time, eons, eras, epochs, not so much. There's a common thought experiment, which is to think of the Earth's history, so that's just under 4.6 billion years, as one single calendar year. So the Earth forms on January the 1st. We get the first life in late February and rocks in early March. And then it's mid-July when we get the first cells with nuclei. But then we have to wait until early December until insects, amphibians and reptiles finally emerge. Dinosaurs arrive on December the 13th, just before 9pm. And then at 10am the next morning, mammals arrive. On the 26th of December, 13 days after they arrived, the dinosaurs go extinct. And then finally on December 31st, at 11.48pm, so 12 minutes before the present, we arrive, Homo sapiens. Hello. So all of humanity has existed for 12 minutes in this calendar year of the age of the Earth. It still completely destroys my mind to try and imagine the amounts of time that we're talking about here. Um, and in terms of, you know, on the scale of the history of the Earth, the dinosaurs are really not that long ago. Um, but humanity is such a recent affair. Words to that effect and some of a recent episode called Dinosaurs, Paleontology to Pyjamas, produced and presented by Connor Reed. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.